Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Perano. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or a message to unlock your true grit. Today, we talk to Jeremy File. He is a program director and a head skill coach out of Michigan. His program is The Lab, Love and Basketball. We talk crazy hoop knowledge with Jeremy, um, how he grew up in Michigan, played ball there, uh, played college ball there, and then went overseas and played pro. So hope you guys love it. Stay tuned. Uh, This is part one of two. Thanks. Jeremy, um, welcome to the show, man. Um, I'm here with uh, Jeremy File. He is a highly skilled trainer back east and a now a coach for not only club ball but for uh, high school. So, uh, Jeremy, growing up in Michigan, uh, how was it playing basketball out there in Michigan? And what is the difference between east to coast, east coast, excuse me, and west coast basketball? Well, I think it's like. training in multiple cities like you did were you happy that you grew up in Michigan and playing there or I mean would you have rather have been in San Diego playing I mean versus out there Yeah, I 
So, how was uh, playing high school ball, you know, obviously in Michigan, and then obviously leaving high school to go play college ball and also playing in Michigan, and then going to play in the pros? How was that? Was that, you know, just like a different beast every time, or was it pretty much along the same thing as what you were kind of like your norm in basketball? Yeah, I think it was my high school and college career, you know, you played against the same type of players, so nothing really changed. So I, I think that's a great question because you're so used to playing against the same type of player, you kind of know what to expect. So in high school where I grew up, it was almost like a small town Indiana field. The towns would shut down. You know, high school games, you get four or 5,000 fans in a game. So that was cool. You understood how to deal with pressure, whereas I think you may not get it as much in some parts that are bigger, like maybe in California there's not, you know, unless it's a, a big game, you know, it might not be like a ton of fans at every game. Um, I could be wrong, but I know that in the Midwest, in these small towns, it's, it's really big. You know, it's like four or 5,000 fans every game. In Indiana, we have pretty close to the same amount. Our, our regional games would be huge. So it was really, you knew how to handle pressure playing, playing in front of fans, and then you go to college and you know how to play against physical players because you're used to that. And then you go to the pros and then you go play in the West Coast, and you're like, wow, man, these guys play a lot different. You know, they play faster, they play a little more skill, a little more finesse, a little uh, maybe a little more different to guard, and uh, maybe it's a little more touchy, you know, as far as the, the way it's called even. But I think you just kind of make it work, and basketball is, Hey, you know, you got to score, you got to be able to defend, you got to be able to rebound no matter where you play. And, uh, but yeah, the styles can be a little different. But I thought it was, uh, when I got to the pro level, I started noticing that difference. Like, man, this guy plays at Oregon State, he plays a little different. You know, it's run and gun a little more. So it was a lot of fun, though. Yeah, that, that seems pretty cool. I mean, I, I would have loved to have played in front of 4,000 people. I mean, I think the oh, biggest yeah. the biggest venue I played in L.A., I think I played at an eight o'clock game, and it was probably twenty five hundred people. And I don't know whether I wanted to throw up or poop in my pants because <laughs> there were so many people in the stands. You, you know, you're used to playing in front of two to four hundred people, and now I'm playing in front of thousands. So for me, I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is something completely out of my realm." You know, you can only imagine the difference between playing in a small city versus a large city, and how everyone kind of bands together and knows who you are, versus being in a large city. It's, I mean, you don't have that kind of same. I wouldn't say support, but that same audience. I mean, everybody's. Yeah, everyone has their own team and their own sections. So. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually a blessing in itself just to do that. Besides playing pro, um, but you playing pro, um, was there ever? a point where it got difficult to where you just felt like giving up and if so did you ever get that inner grit that made you come out of that hump and, or out of that shell and, and keep pushing yeah I, I mean I think there was multiple times where I wanted to quit I mean I think that a lot of guys don't understand what the type of grind it is you know when you don't when you, when you leave college, you figure out, okay, uh, I'm not making a whole lot of money doing this. But then you start realizing, okay, I love this, though. And you're still young, and, and you can maybe have those sacrifices where, yeah, I'm not making a whole lot of money, but I am moving myself up. I'm becoming a better player. You're playing against older guys. 
play still. So I started picking the brain of guys like um, Todd Day, who played in the NBA. You know, I played in the IBL, which was kind of a cool league, and you guys may have heard of this league, but it was a Midwest and West Coast league. So I would play in L.A. against guys like Lamont Murray. Oh, yeah. Who played in, you know, for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers and a few other teams. And Tyus Edney, you know, you play against these guys that are just phenomenal. You kind of start learning, wow, you know, I got a ways to go to get to a higher level of pro basketball. But, uh, yeah, there was multiple times where you're like, you didn't know how much you're going to get paid. You're getting tired of the travel. I played uh, for a team that they had money in. I remember my first paycheck when I got paid paid to play basketball. It was fourteen hundred bucks. I thought it was a million dollars, and uh, I went crazy. And then I realized, wow, this isn't any money at all. But well, it's just, what was it about? It was it the currency exchange that you were confused with? No, I think it was. You know, I didn't play overseas much. I played the states, guys. So a lot of my leagues were ABA, IBL, PBL. I didn't really want to go overseas. Like I'd get a couple of you know offers to go to Mexico or. I had one in France that was decent, Australia. A lot of guys don't understand when you go over there, you don't make anything sometimes. You know, I had an offer in Australia, which is probably the coolest offer I ever got because I tell this story all the time. The guy said, okay, well, here's your contract. We're not paying you, and you have to pay for your flight. (laughs) Well, I didn't know I was going to play rec ball over there, but uh, that's just how it goes, you know. I mean, a lot of guys deal with that. You know, it's not just me, it's, multiple players um, I found out quickly that this is when I kind of started getting into training you know, I'd have a few kids in the off season and I said man I need, to, I need to go a different route right so getting to that uh, you know skill training how is it coaching high school versus club ball right now wow it's just so crazy man I mean it's such a different world that we live in now as far as gosh what's more important what's uh, I think parents are so confused nowadays I tell kids all the time I tell parents this just play basketball you know I don't care if it's school ball AAU some of our kids have played for other like AYBT I, I don't I don't care as long as you're getting something out of it and getting better I think that you kind of get some you do get some jokers obviously on both ends the coach that probably don't deserve to have that position in high school and in school ball you, you get a lot of teacher coaches which are kind of guys that maybe aren't doing it for the love of the game, but just doing it to do it. Um, where they, you maybe you do get more guys that, you know, hey, this is what they want to do. They're starting an organization. You know, this is their thing. So they're going to really put more time into it. Um, but maybe they don't have that experience where they didn't play a lot or they didn't really coach much. Because there's something that says about coaching in a high school game when, you know, you're playing a rival school, there's fans in the stands, there's pressure. You know, you got refs that care about what they're doing. There's, there's a lot that goes with that, where you have to be a little more solid. But the AAU world, obviously, you're playing against better players sometimes, and you got to step your game up, and you got to be able to adjust on the fly. Oh, yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy, so, I mean, you spoke about the refs a little bit, and, and obviously refs have certifications. Do you think that coaches as well, or, or trainers as well, should all be certified? Um, whether it be at the high school level or AAU level, or do you think that there should be some requirement or something needed for them to be able to to hold that title? I believe. I, I think so. Oh, sure. Well, I think AAU is actually doing a decent job. A lot of people forget that. You, know, you, you do have to be certified, you know, through USA Basketball, NCAA certified to be on certain events. I mean, any one of us can 
realize until when you think of it that way. Um, now, does that mean that you know they're they're still great coaches? No, you know. I mean, I think that what you deal with, probably Ryan and Andre, you guys are in the training world a lot now, where there's a lot of guys that you've seen training. You go, that guy doesn't know what he's doing, and there maybe needs to be a little more full certification as far as that end, you know. Uh, and in high school too. I mean, high school, you get some coaches. There's a few guys that. I've seen in our area that are very bad and probably never played. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of tough to get a kid better if you don't understand it. So I think AAU is probably doing a little better than high school is on that end. You know, maybe they're putting a little more emphasis on the, certif- on the certification. But uh, I still think there's a lot of good things out there. It's just there's just so much out there. You know, there's so yeah. much going on. Hey, it's kind of you- hard to understand what's good and bad. Jeremy, give us some comedic relief because you spoke on a couple a couple coaches who you believe have no clue what they're doing or trainers or such. So what's the funniest thing that you've actually ever seen someone do, whether it was training or coaching or just something completely bizarre? <laughs> oh, man, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, could, I could go on and on probably, but I'm trying to think of the funniest. I, I do remember seeing a guy, you know, it was funny, when I first started training professionally, I guess you could say, I started with I'm Possible about six years ago. I was one of the first guys that they, they put on, and there was one guy that was, he had, to, what I liked about Mike is he made you had to show how good you were, which was kind of cool. So a guy came on, and he just could not handle the ball. You know, he got a little nervous. And what was cool was, is every time he messed up, he said, you know, sometimes you mess up, and he'd get the ball again. And you know, <laughs> lose the ball again, and you just kept going on and on and on. As that was happening, Micah said, right, I heard him. He goes, yeah, that's a fail. And, you know, it was kind of cool in its way because it kind of made it legit. You know, it kind of made it like, wow, this guy's testing us. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, but that guy, yeah, I don't remember his name. And if I did, I wouldn't call him out. But it was definitely uh, a struggle. Oh, that's great. Hey, uh, so talking about that, I you know, you're in San Diego, so I spent quite a quite a bit of time with you and my program, which I thank you for helping me out with that and my son. So I know for a fact that you're a great shooter and a, and a great ball handler and very quick. What is uh, the one thing, if you had to choose between the two, would you rather teach before anything else, shooting or dribbling skills? I think that, um, you know, that's a great question, you know, because I think you can kind of go back and forth. I think ball handling for sure. Yeah, I, I just think that the way the game's played now, you know, I was probably a little more stern before. I was like hanging on to that old school view of, you know, we need post play, we need this. But now I think that when you watch a game, you got to have four or five guys that can handle the ball. You know, the way the game's played, the way it's more up and down, the yeah. way the ball's entered to the high post. I mean, this is an example. Our offense, we enter the ball to our four all the time. You know, he's in the high post. You know, we got a, a point guard. You know, either get a dribble handoff right away or we've got him slipping and then our, our fourth handing it off to another wing. So, you, you know, ball handling's got to be taught all the time. So you definitely pick that first. You always start off a workout usually with something like that. I mean, we start out with shooting sometimes or defense. But, yeah, if you can handle the ball, we got a saying out here where I coach, uh, you know, if you can handle the ball, you play. If you can handle the ball, you know, and play defense, you know, you'll start. If you can handle the ball, play defense, and shoot, you might never leave the floor. That's one of the things we say all the time. Love that. You know, and uh, so that's just kind of going into what you guys know, that you want all your players to be diverse. You want to be able to do everything. But if you had to pick, you're like, okay, 
shot up, you know, and uh, I found out the hard way. We had one team very good out here, and they all could handle. And we had two or three guys that were a little suspect. So, so yeah, definitely ball handling. Yeah, that's that's big. I was just in a tournament um, ourselves this past weekend in Anaheim, and uh, it was rough. I got two great ball handlers, uh, one of them being my son, and we had a rough weekend because, you know, you got two versus, you know, four or five on the court that can handle the ball, so I, I totally agree. Ah, ah.